The Chiefs dominated and took back what's theirs, but they got a little uh, leeway from the referees. What's going on with this Chiefs offense today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Friends and neighbors, it's another episode of Locked On Chiefs, the fallout from the Chiefs week three uh, matchup against the Chicago Bears that, uh, you know, there wasn't much bear in that fight, but we're going to dissect that and what the end costs are. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football, where you can get in-depth film breakdowns and all the other things aside from Chiefs Kingdom. This is my partner, Chris Clark, where uh, you go over to Chiefs Corner, you're going to get all the information you're looking at. On one topic in particular this year that I think is really, really intriguing as he tracks third down percentage and the way that he goes about it, as well as the cap, all that information is there. Make sure you like, sub, hit the bell here on YouTube. Join us on Spotify as well as Apple and anywhere you get a podcast because we're here five days a week for you. You everydayers already know that, you locos, and we very much appreciate you. Glad that you're here with us. It's the same thing across the whole network, though, because you can get uh, a team, every team, all the time, five days a week, all for free if you just want to go check them out. So make another Lockdown Show your next listen. We very much appreciate that. We have to get into what's going on with the calls. Andy Reid had to address it again today about the offense. We'll get to that coming up later. Uh, the defense's pass rush is something remarkable and a couple of things that I really want to point out. But we have to get started today about the fact that the Chiefs took not just a turn from their normal, but took back the AFC West and its lead right now. Welcome to first place yet again. Yeah, and they have two coaches in the division that probably should be losing their jobs, and a third that potentially doesn't looks out of place as well. Yeah, it's uh, man, it's been it's been rough for the AFC West. I mean, the Chiefs had obviously a disappointment in Week One. Totally understand that. Um, weren't the only team, and then so. To get back on track, you got to keep pushing. And it's something the Chiefs have been able to pull off, but the rest of the AFC West really hasn't. Uh, the Broncos are just, despite Sean Payton's uh, presence or influence or whatever you want to call it, still not back on track. You saw Jimmy Garoppolo play terribly last night, uh, give the game away at the end. There's there's plenty of things going on that the Chiefs just had to get themselves corrected. And Whoa. now that they're at least getting that in that direction, they, I think, are going to be in the driver's seat. Garoppolo gave the game away with his picks, but McDaniels gave the game away with his decision on fourth down uh, from what the eight yard line. You don't kick a field yeah. goal there. Uh, you just yeah, you just can't do that. Uh, you know, you, when you look at this, and I and I know we have a lot to talk about with the Chiefs, but I do want to say really quick: look across the NFL. I'm not going to say all teams have it, but look at what Buffalo did first week. Look at what Cincinnati's been doing so far. Two teams we thought were going to be really good that have struggled out of the gate. Now, there's different reasons for different things, but it's not unheard of across this NFL for a team to struggle outside the gate. And I will say, you know, we talked about this all offseason. Detroit's a better team than a lot of people give them credit for, and I think that they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, so something to watch there. But, yeah, Kansas City's back in the driver's seat in the division, and it sounds like – actually, it doesn't sound like it. It is actually out now. Mike Williams has torn his ACL and possibly MCL. Uh, so he's out for the rest of the season. Um, that's not going to help their situation. They did draft Quentin Johnston. That's going to be something that could help them, but he's a rookie. Is he going to be able to step into those shoes? 
He's going to get an opportunity because I don't know I don't know what it is, but there's something in the water. Whether you're in Los Angeles or San Diego, nothing changes. Stars go down. Uh, bad plays by Dwayne James and a number of others last yesterday. Like all kinds of things, charger chargering for the for the most part. It brings me back to how how good the Chiefs have done to write their ship and take care of their business. And for the first time in a very very long time. The Chiefs actually came out, and, and upon further reflection, I'm even happier with how dominant they were in terms of not letting off the gas. Even when you put in backups, even when you put in Lane Gabbert, obviously things didn't go that well. But for Patrick and Andy in particular, through the first half and even that first drive of the second half, it felt like we saw what we should see every single time. No matter who the opponent is, you should continue – to go downfield, to push your agenda, to push your plays, and make sure that more outcomes in the future end like this one than what we've seen in the past. I completely agree, and I think the defense is going in that right direction. I think the offense has started to play better, uh, and I think they're going to continue to play better. I think that you look at what they were able to get done yesterday. While Gabbert didn't play well, he threw two picks, uh, didn't move the offense, and I'm sh- and I got a lot of tweets about people being worried that he's not going to be able to step in if something happens to Mahomes. The reality is, though, a lot of the young receivers got time that they normally wouldn't get. Those snaps are valuable, regardless of whether or not you have a situation where Rasheed Rice had a good day, but he still is leading the team right now in yards per route run. That's impressive considering how many extra snaps he got yesterday where he wasn't really targeted. I mean, he was targeted a little bit, but not near as much as you would expect. So, and a lot more reps than you would expect him to have. So that's something to watch. Yeah, and, and it's a nice bonus, a uh, feather in his cap, so to speak, because um, he wasn't necessarily expected to have to do that. Obviously, with Travis Kelsey's injury uh, and the kind of slow start there, I think Trav looked 90%, maybe a little bit more yesterday. So you feel good about that. But I still would have guessed that Travis Kelsey was was leading yard for route run uh, and so kudos to the rookie. He can continue to do that. And, and I think that Rice's future here and his progression to this point makes us think that he can even do more. And so hopefully you get you go and you reach out to grab that ball. You don't let it into your pads. You take away the mistakes and, and the negatives here. And I think you feel good about where it's going. Probably a faster progression than what we saw from Sky Moore already. Um, and that's just adding to the pile of weapons that Patrick Mahomes have as we sort through the other issues, including the protection that we're going to get to later, I, th- I think that all just bodes well in them not only getting this lead, but maintaining this lead in the AFC West. No, I agree. And the other encouraging thing is Travis Kelsey's not even number two. The Chiefs' legitimate deep threat is Justin Watson, and he's played out of his mind. He's been catching everything that's been thrown to him deep. Uh, obviously, he was overthrown you know, last week. And let's not forget... Kansas City's right of the ship, but it also looks like they may have taken down the Jacksonville Jaguars in the process of winning their first game. Yeah, it certainly uh, pulled the plug on that one. Uh, we're going to get into the Chiefs offense coming up later. We're going to the defense next after a, a little uh, message from, from friends that I think might be able to help some of us out. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients 
Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair, hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for your hair, your better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code locked on NFL. That's neutral.com slash men promo code locked on NFL. I think the thing that I'm happiest about here is that I was wrong. I want you guys to hear that up front from me now, because as we take a look, just, I know it's only a couple of games into the new season, right? But it's one that, all this drama without Chris Jones, now Chris has come back, that helps. But certainly, when you take a look at generating pressure, that's the name of the game on defense. If you can get to the quarterback, you can affect change. And this front has been playing very, very well. We've been talking about just, just what a surprise the defense is that it's come to this point. But when you take a step back and you take a look at the edge benders that are out there, the guys that had a whole lot of pub coming into this, it boils down to this, that George Karloftis right now is outplaying Kayvon Thibodeau, is outplaying Drake Jackson, is outplaying uh, Boy Mafe. Everyone but Aiden Hutchinson, who was uh, obviously the, the top pick at the position, uh, has been outplayed by George Karloftis, including number one Trayvon Walker, who the Chiefs just saw back uh, in the Jacksonville game. And maybe that's part of why the, the spiral began for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But George Karloftis, while doing it his way, he hasn't become this, this Gumby-type uh, Von Miller edge rusher that can dip his shoulder and get around the edge. He's doing it his way, powering through his hand usage better thanks to Tom Bahali. Cheers. Um, that's really setting him apart in that the Chiefs got a value, and it looks like it is even more so than we thought right now a couple weeks in. I would agree with that, although I would argue that while he doesn't have the bend of a Von Miller, he has improved his bend. It's not going to be anywhere close to where Von Miller is, obviously, but it is very improved from what it was last year, and that gives him the, abil the ability to crush the pocket just a little bit more and be able to get after the quarterback. He's doing fantastic getting after the quarterback. He's got, I think, two and a half sacks at this point, uh, and at this point, leading the NFL in pressures in last year's class other than Aiden Hutchinson, I'd say that's pretty good. I think you got to feel pretty good about you know a guy like Karloftis, and he's not even the best pick – of the first round of that draft for the Chiefs. <laughs> and, and that's where I was getting to as well. Um, you know, you have to have the coverage, but it's going to help the pass rush. The pass rush is going to help uh, the, the group that's trying to cover these receivers. And I just want to point out that it's one thing to, to be number two. Okay, that, that's great. But it's a tight margin. Uh, Hutchinson only has three more pressures than Karloftis does. And Karloftis actually is tied for the lead in the, in that second-year class with three sacks, uh, he and Drake Jackson, actually, ahead of the, the higher picks 
everybody coming along, um, like a Trayvon Walker is obviously a job was just getting started, but the big names, Jermaine Johnson, Kayvon Thibodeau, like there's that's I think the surprise here. The the play of Trent McDuffie, we talked a ton about it with Matt last night, is not that much of a surprise. Um, when you take a look at what we saw coverage-wise from that team, Trent, I think, stood out very easily in that he is the the top guy in that that group for uh that class. But overall, I felt like the whole group played better yesterday. What did you see? I agree. And if you look at PFF grades, uh, McDuffie, I think, is the highest graded corner in the NFL right now. And Joshua Williams had a great game yesterday. Uh, he kept switching in and out with Watson. And it wasn't just injury related. It, it was throughout the game. Watson came in at, at different times. Uh, but Williams looked good as well. I think that that's a very encouraging sign for this group going forward. That drive class looks phenomenal. And if you can get two starting corners with a third that is basically your, you know, a fourth corner because you're going to have somebody else that has to play nickel. I think you got to feel great about that. And Kansas yeah, City is yeah. going to have them for the next four years. It's a huge plus. Now, McDuffie is right now at a 61% uh, completion rate, which is is great in this league. Moving forward, 8% on the forced uh, incompletions, according to PFF. He's actually gotten a few more uh, PBUs than giving credit for there. But – uh, as you boil it down, it's it's the matter of, of who's watching the film, right? The Chiefs end up with, I think, still uh, an accelerating group of cornerbacks in particular, DBs all around. But uh, if you had to take your pick after what you saw yesterday, is there is there still this neck and neck thing with Josh Williams and Jalen Watson? I don't know. I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to watch Watson near as much as I wanted to. I'm going to have to go back and watch that a little bit more. But Williams, I think, played well. It's just the reality is is that if they're not getting thrown at, that's a great sign for the Chiefs. But it's also a situation where you also have to take into context who they were playing. And that's yeah. going to be something that uh, probably doesn't favor this team. But playing well regardless and not giving up a bunch of down-the-field plays is a good thing for the defense to do regardless of who you're playing. Yeah, and Josh White actually had uh, a PBU yesterday uh, yep. recorded as well uh, as Justin Reed. And so you got to come away. There wasn't a ton of them. Uh, got hurt, I think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, now, Andy had a short update today. Uh, didn't look like there was anything major. They'll get some treatment tomorrow, and hopefully we'll have an update on he as well as uh, a couple of other players that maybe got a little bit banged up. Obviously, it's going to be on the offensive side a little bit more concerning here. We're going to get to the offense on the backside of this next break, but uh, I, last thing that I, I do want to mention is didn't see a whole lot of Felix and DK Uzama, but uh, he did end up with a, a good number of rushes. What was it? Uh, it was 18 uh, pass rush snaps. And I think that I was expecting more. I was a little disappointed, but I, I understand that it was only 18. It felt like it was more to me. So I do feel like he's just still getting in the rhythm of being behind on training camp and, and kind of making up that time, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it'll get better as the season goes on. I don't think the reality is is drafting somebody week one or drafting somebody in the first round, you would hope that they're going to be a week one starter. The reality is is that when Kansas City's drafting at the bottom of the first round, you're generally probably not going to get a week one starter. You're usually going to be getting a guy that you have a round two draft on or draft grade on. And if you don't have a very big need at that position, then he's probably going to be sitting behind other players. That's okay because they're going to need the depth. You look at what they were able to do 
And while FAU wasn't able to do much, you know, you look at a guy like Mike Dana, that's who he's behind right now. And Dana mm-hmm. is playing fantastic. So you can't feel bad about having the first rounder sit behind him. In a minute, he was even here. He's going to be back for the Chargers game. You know, you're going against – you can't draft too many good pass rushers, and the Chiefs have a ton right now. And the reality is, is Dana is one of those guys that is playing a lot better than his contract stipulates and probably won't be in Kansas City in 2024. Well, and, and I'm glad that you bring that up. The contract year, as we always say, thanks, Therese. Uh, is undefeated, and he is in one. He is an unrestricted free agent after this season. Um, we'll see just how much he can keep together. I'd love to see him back. Obviously, that's something we're going to have to revisit oh, later in the year and see how it's gone. But uh, we have to talk about uh, what's going on with the Chiefs offense, and is it almost over? Uh, a lot of opinion out there today. We're going to break it down for you after uh, I let you know how the best way for you to get into the action. It comes down to this. You can snap into it. This whole NFL season, get in on that action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you, new customers, get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's all it takes. Get in there, throw that $5 bet down, and you get $200 in bonus bets applied to your account. That's $200, win or lose. Uh, I know you've been thinking about using FanDuel, and if you haven't gotten into it yet, there's no better time to get into the action. It makes things super easy when you go get that app. Uh, ton of options available for you. It includes spreads, props, over-unders, money lines, uh, all kinds of craziness that you can get into in just seeing what you know about the game and what you expect to happen. So get into the action over at FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and kick off the NFL season. It's from FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Now, a lot of hubbub obviously, about uh, what's going on with this offense. We talked about Rasheed Rice and what he's been able to do. We talked uh, a little bit, uh, probably not enough, honestly, about the one-two punch that uh, Pacheco and Clyde provided yesterday. Um, I I do feel because of past uh, transgressions, let's call it, that uh, Clyde (laughs) doesn't get the the credit that he deserves when he is actually putting out there. Uh, What was it, 3.7 for him, Isaiah Pacheco, 4.1. Uh, 55 yards versus 62. Like it, it was a two-headed monster, and I think if I remember correctly, uh, it was 15 attempts each. So you're getting some balance there. And we talked about balance on the offense. Well, the balance out of the backfield is a good thing as well. No, it really is. And Clyde, I think, had a really good game. Uh, I only showed 14 carries, but close enough when you're looking at that. Uh, Clyde also caught the ball out of the well, out of the backfield, pretty well. Uh, Pacheco has been doing that a lot more, and that's being that's something that's being impressive. Uh, you know, you look at the offense in general, and while we're waiting on injury information, uh, Prince Teguanago, we don't know if he's going to be able to play again uh, anytime soon. Uh, we don't have any kind of injury update. Hopefully we'll get one in the next coming days. But he had a really rough outing against the Bears. Yes. His, his pass blocking grade was atrocious. Well, he only got, what was it, seven snaps? And he gave up two pressures in those seven snaps. Hard to have a good day that way. Now, I, I have to give him credit. One of those came on the moment that he flipped over to the, to the left-hand side, uh, and Jawan Taylor came back in, and he got bold right then. And I, I believe that's the same play that Mahomes got injured on, uh, as, as he wasn't able to push him around the, the back of uh, and out of the, the circle path. And so that's what I think once the defender hit the ground and kind of rolled into Patrick. Um, I got to give him a little bit of leeway on that, having just flipped sides, but that certainly is something you got to be concerned about for next week if anybody else comes up with an injury. 
Well, two pressures and two hits. That was the big deal to me. Hurries are one thing, but he was allowing Mahomes to get hit, which you can't do. So we'll have to see what they're going to end up doing uh, going into the next, this next game because I don't think they're going to have Prince available for that week. It sounds like it. And then so who is going to be the backup? It, it appears, at least as we know right now, that Donovan Smith is going to be able to go again. He did miss a little bit of time, uh, but he did get back in there. Um, the question is going to be, is it Wanya Morris? Uh, is it Lucas Niang? Who comes up and who's actually active? Because we haven't seen that yet. And I think that is the concern. Um, it, it is the Jets. You're going to have a decent uh, pass rush from the outside. You're certainly going to have a good one from the inside. So uh, you have to be concerned about dropping a rookie in there, I think, to tell you the truth. Um, not that I don't want to see Wanya probably more than I want to see Lucas, but uh, did the preparation factor would have me a little bit nervous. And let's be honest, this thing with Juwan Taylor, is getting out of control at this point. And I, I took the stance last night, and I still believe it. If you know you're getting singled out, go out of your way to not give him an excuse to throw the flag. But that said, some information came out today that makes it a little bit more preposterous of just how, how little it's being called elsewhere, outside of the Chiefs' right tackle. Yeah, and that's a big problem. Uh, he is the only one that's being called for this. And you go back and you can watch. Seth Kaiser did a great uh, article about this today already. Uh, he has four or five clips in his article on, on Chief in the North. And just showing pictures of, you know, Rashawn Slater, uh, Tyron Smith, uh, the Browns tackles. I mean, multiple different tackles that are way off the line that aren't anywhere close to be where they're supposed to be. And they're not getting called. The only person that has gotten these calls, three of the four calls that they've made in the NFL have gone against Jawan Taylor. That's well, a and problem. And this last weekend, this, this last weekend in particular, Dean Blandino pointed out that there were five illegal formation calls throughout the league. Five on the whole day. Two of, or I'm sorry, yeah, two of those uh, were general, um, you know, wide receivers covering somebody up, that kind yep. of thing. The formation calls, there were only two of them called on tackles, and they were both called on Juwan Taylor. No one else in the entire league got called for this, even though we know the culprits that do it every single week, and Seth did a great job pointing that out. So well, make sure you check out Chief in the North newsletter as well. And there's going to be a big one tonight. Go watch Lane Johnson. You want to see another one? Lane Johnson mm -hmm. gets way back there and is one of those guys. And I'm not blaming Lane Johnson. He's doing what they've been doing for years. This is what tackles do to get it called out on the national stage. And the bigger problem is, is they're going to be on another national stage this next game against the Jets. That's what causes this issue. And now you're sitting here in a situation where Andy Reid's feeling like he has to protect his guy and probably will get fined by the league. And I'm not so sure Mahomes will, won't get fined by the league because of what they've said. But I think that they're right by right to say it. They're singling him out. You can't do that. And that's not fair to Taylor. That's not fair to the Chiefs. That's not really fair to the NFL. And more importantly, they're not following the NFL procedure, which is that the ref on the field is supposed to give a warning. We've had no yeah. mention of any warnings given, yet they're throwing the flag. So, yes, it has certainly been called to their attention. But, again, I go back to my premise. If you're Jawan Taylor, you're making your blocks. You're doing just fine. I don't think you need the extra depth. So just take it out. Creep up a little bit. Take all doubt of whether you're aligned correctly or not. And don't give them the excuse to throw the flag. That's what I would do. 
And I get where you're coming from, but against good pass rush, that's going to be a bigger issue. Uh, he's played very well, and I think he'll continue to play very well. Uh, we'll see how that ends up this week. It's really interesting. The Jets have got a pretty good pass rush, and they're not even playing their first-round pick uh, inactive this past week. So not really sure what to make there, but uh, something to watch. Yeah, uh, there is plenty coming. We're going to break down that Jets defensive front um, because they got to be relied on now um, as obviously we've seen the drama go on with their quarterback situation. Uh, it's still going on. We'll begin breaking that down tomorrow. We'll have Matt Derrick back in with us to take a look at this team as well. We're going to get the inside information from inside uh, the uh, great city of New York coming up later in the week. And then we're going to give you all the information you need to get ready for that game. So make sure you like and sub and hit that bell right now so you're with us on YouTube because we do use visuals and we do try to show you bits uh, that are important to the game and its analysis as well as just the audio on Spotify and Apple and all those other places. So please make sure you sign up at the text line as well. If you want to get my big takeaways from every uh, game, you can get signed up. If you want to see Chris's notes on what's going on in third down, before he even breaks it down, you can go get that at 816-357-8781. We appreciate you guys signing up. Tomorrow and this week is going to go pretty quick. It's Jets week, and they were a contender at one time. Can the Chiefs put up another performance like they did dominating the Bears? We're going to get to it tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate your time and all your efforts, and we will be back with you tomorrow.